Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. ButcherBox makes it super easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty. And ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your front door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use code WP. Rub line. Scrapes. Buck beds, grunts, snorts, wheezes, and that sweet, sweet smell of estrus. To a lot of people, I would be speaking a foreign language right now. To some, though, this is the language of fall. It's deer season, y'all. My buddy Cable Smith has one of the most popular shows in Texas. I mean, really, the outdoors, the Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's one of the biggest podcasts in hunting. And being a Texan, you know Cable is talking about whitetail. On this episode, Cable is going to talk about his rifle and bow setup. He's going to talk about what type of concealment he's using for him and his family. It's a pretty cool insight. He's, he's going to talk through his scent control. We'll talk about how the hog hunting problem has had an impact on Texas whitetail as well. If you speak deer or you want to, subscribe. This show is all about helping people find the best gear for the job from people in the outdoor industry. Cable will also be back in a few weeks to chat about hog hunting, so you don't want to miss that. So go ahead, just subscribe right now. If you know a friend who would want to learn about this topic, just go ahead and text them the show too. Okay, it's time for less chatting and more grunting. This is Gearbox Talk with Cable Smith. Cable Smith, welcome to Gearbox Talk, and thanks for taking a little bit of break out of your hunting season. How you doing, man? Hey, it's great to be here. I am excited to hear about your setups today. We're going to dive right into some whitetail questions. You ready? Let's do it. 
All right, man. Tell me a little bit about your preferred setup for, for hunting whitetail. I, I know you're a bow and a rifle guy. I'm interested to kind of hear what you prefer and then to see what you're using for each. Oh, so I prefer whatever's in season. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, I'll, I will bow hunt until I can pick up a gun. I'm not too proud to say it. I have, there's so many things I want to hunt. So, hey, I want to go duck hunting too, right? So I'm not, I mean, I will definitely pick up a rifle when bow season ends. Uh, but dude. for October, I love chasing them with the bow. I, I am the same way. Like I, I need the advantages cause I, I'm not that good with a bow. So as soon as I can carry my modern gun, I'm carrying my modern gun. Right on. <laughs> what's your gun set up? I can see it sitting back there. Uh, what's your rifle set up and Caleb's hunting or cables hunting in Texas. So let's talk about what you're, you're doing there. So that's, that's actually the, the, that's a thermal. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, okay. This is a two seventy which I think is when it comes to Texas, like the classic uh, Texas deer rifle, because most of our shots are within 200 yards. Mm -hmm. There's exceptions. You go way out West or something, you know, West Texas or something like that. Um, But generally speaking, we're hunting out of uh, when we're rifle hunting uh, blinds, um, whether that's a box blind or a tree stand or, you know, uh, whatever, some, some kind of fixed structure. And our shots are designed to be within 200 yards. So I like the 270 for that. Um, packs a wallop. I think I'm, these are 160 grain uh, bullets, and I have I've never lost a deer with the 270. So, um, yeah. And what's the manufacturer? Patriot. Did you say? I'm sorry. The manufacturer. Uh, this is a Mossberg Patriot, wooden stock. That's yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, Patriot lineup is. I mean, they have every caliber. Uh, just actually, just got a 375 Ruger even out of the Patriot to take to Africa for Cape Buffalo. So everything from as small as like a 22, 250 up to a 375 Ruger. Um, and they have them in uh, laminate. Uh, they have them in, uh, they have a beautiful walnut edition too, which I've got a 300 nice. bag in that. Um, and they're very affordable. Like I think the higher end one is like maybe 750. Oh, that's not bad. Like, and that's for the walnut. Like the other yeah. ones you get into this gun for five, 600 bucks probably. Yeah. What's your glass you're rocking there? So this is a Vortex Viper 6 to 24 by 50. So, yeah, big fan of, of all things Vortex. It's got, obviously, uh, turrets. And um, this one's MOA. It's just, I don't I don't know. Uh, it's just what I've always used is MOA. I don't think there's, whether you go uh, MOA or what is the other one, MRAD. Um, I don't think it really matters. Just yeah. for reference. But, uh, yeah. Um, what rangefinder are you using? I'm kind of curious. Uh, and do you use the same one for your bow and rifle? Yeah, I do use the same one. Uh, now, if I go out west, I will throw in the uh, the uh, Vortex. Um, gosh, what is it? Um, the rangefinding binos? Yeah, well, I'm drawing a blank. On I can't it. either. I want to say, is it cr- Fury? The Fury. Fury. I was going to say Crossfire, but that's the uh, the other binos. The Vortex Fury HDs. Those are great for. I mean, let's be honest. I'm kind of a minimalist. I don't want to carry extra crap. So if, I, if there's situations where I can right. have the rangefinder and bino together, that's great. Um, it's not, it's, it's kind of difficult for bow hunting. I've found it's not because you got to kind of have right. two. Things. So not really good for bow hunting, but um, I use the, uh, the razor. Um, it's the newest one they have. The Ranger. Uh, is it a new Ranger? Uh, is it the Ranger? There's so, a razor and a Ranger. 
You're, you're talking about the binos or the the rangefinder? Give me one sec. Sorry, I'm just gonna <laughs> grab it. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, the rangefinder now. Okay. Yeah, I use the. Uh, now I'm doubting myself, but I think I use the Ranger 1300, which has maybe been out for a few years, but it's been highly reliable. Yeah, I think that's what I use. Actually, it's it's not in here, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so you kind of talked about this a little bit, but let's let's dig into exactly what you're doing. You know, for Texas, uh, I've hunted in Texas once with Jeremiah. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious on you mentioned shooting houses, but and and, and there's a lot of different ways well, for shooting houses is not quite as fancy as some of my blinds. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. They're they have carpet, they have <laughs> like window seals. You can put your drink over here. Yeah. Uh, enough room. Some of them. And I have a blind sponsor, so it works out great. And a feeder sponsor, same company. Yeah. But let me tell you why it's so cool is because my kids, they're five, five, and seven, they never get cold. And they yeah. can set the carpet and they're not making a bunch of noise. And so I found that while it's nice, for, it's a luxury for me, right? I don't need that. I could sit in a wooden shooting house that I built myself just right. fine. But to introduce kids, man, these blinds that we have today. Oh, it's, it's what, what brand of blind? Uh, it's called All Seasons. Okay. It's called the, I have a big chingone and I have a little chingone. And my whole family of five can sit in the big chingone. No kidding. I have three kids. Little chingones, a little crowded. I can get two of the kids in there. Um, but it's, I mean, they can do it. They can eat snacks. It's just to get kids outdoors. It's been awesome. Yeah. But I, I also, last year I shot my buck on my, on my deer lease. I had him patterned coming to a wheat field. And, uh, I didn't have a blind there, so I just set up this tripod on the fence line, and I just sat in a chair there and just waited for him. Oh yeah, far enough I think off. Just yeah. adapt to whatever the deer are telling you to do. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I know you know we're talking about blinds. You may not be as much of a concern normally, but you hunt all kinds of different stuff. What's your approach to scent control? Uh, so I, I had a company I worked with for a long time. And I, I basically have found that I just play the wind. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I think you can be as cautious as possible. You don't want to like smoke cigarettes in, in your truck right. and, um, or even drinking coffee. I mean, that can give you your breath, give a very profound smell. Yeah. Especially if you're in a ground blind on the ground. But generally speaking, dude, I think they're, they're making a bunch of money on stuff that at the end of the day, if you are a good hunter and you play the wind, they're not going to smell you. Yeah. So you can take the other precautions and it's good. You know, if you wash with scent free soap, I do, I do do that. Yeah. Right. I was like some system I'm going to put on my body and think that a deer isn't going to smell me if they're downwind of me. I just don't buy it. Somebody, the best anybody ever explained this to me or, or like maybe, maybe said it and it's kind of resonated with me. It, if you think about it, of really, instead of trying to hide your scent and really just lessen it, that makes a lot more sense for what's actually happening. You walk outside and you smell a skunk, like, oh my God, it's right here. You're going to be like, I got to get out of here right now. Yeah. But if you walked outside and it's like, oh, the faint smell of skunk in the air, like you're not freaking out. Right. (laughs) Smells like a a beer. College. (laughs) College, right. But the, uh, but you know, there's like that, that's kind of helped me kind of think through how a whitetail when, when it hits them, like you don't want your home smell and like all the kids laundry detergent, all that stuff. Like you don't want that all over your clothes, but you also can take it to a level towards like, okay, this is probably counterproductive at this point. All my clothes go in the same bag before I go to the deer lease. Yeah. Um, now last year I had a bow only lease 
a few minutes from the house and it was very expensive. Dude, I got to send you a picture when we get off there of this buck that got shot literally a few miles from there. Um, and I was a little more cautious because it was like 25 acres. I would spray um, dough urine on my boots, walking in and out, yeah. uh, or estrus, you know, um, trying to cover that. I didn't want to put a bunch of extra scent on the ground on such a small property. So, like I said, kind of you could let the situation dictate to you, but I'm not putting all my stuff in a scent-free bag, and I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm just I, I don't think that stuff, I'm not saying that, it doesn't affect it a little bit, but then you just play the wind, hunt a stand on a day that you know you're going to have a good wind and you're going to have more success. Dude, I, I'm a big believer in the deer drag. I've, I think I've killed more deer from a drag or like some type of lure like that, um, during rut than, than anything else. Um, now, and, and I haven't, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'm no like pro whitetail guy. Like I've, I've not even probably killed the, you know, a big mature whitetail is a lot of people. I've been doing it for eight years, but I'll say the, um, I've had so many deer, even deer I've passed on that will follow right to the T on the drag. Um, I, I will walk when I walk into my current property, it's about a mile to get to my stand and about halfway out, I'll start, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, throw a drag down and, I, last year, I think I had probably more of the deer that came in were following the drag than weren't uh, yeah. th- as they came through. I think those things definitely work. Um, last year is the first time I ever had success with a mock scrape. Mm. And I even peed in it. Yeah. 175-inch buck that I, I never ended up getting a shot at him. He was very smart. There's a reason why he was that big. Um, yeah, last year was the was first year. Yeah. Scrape. Yeah. If you can keep those things active, that yeah. like th- I had a good stretch last year. Um, I had a pretty good amount from for me. Like normally, I I don't know. I got out like twenty five different days. I think in deer season. Awesome. Um, yeah, not half days. It's not like full days, but I mean, um, I was pretty happy with that. And the um, there I was able to refresh a scrape pretty good. And if you if you have scent and you're coming back and keeping it like you can definitely do some damage on it if you're in a good spot to start with like you find a natural area um i think in the past i've tried to do it and i wasn't in a good spot it wasn't a place where they would normally set up but um yeah i had one of the biggest deer i'd ever had on trail cameras ever coming to that spot last year and um i think i i think he survived and i have him on camera right now he looks like he's about what five and a half. Here? I know, man. I he's he's like at my tree stand. Yeah. I've I've got to get out. It's killing me. Um, my my I had run out of space on my cell camera and it just renewed. So I hadn't seen anything in like a few weeks because uh, I ran out of space. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, he's there. <laughs> he's still <Yeah>. there. <laughs> so um, I I was talking to uh, Bill Winky of Midwest Whitetail. Yeah. Uh, recently. And he said he hasn't had a lot of luck with actually drawing deer to a mock scrape. But he says if you put them, which I noticed this last year with that buck, if you just put them on like a pinch point where two trails come together or you, or uh, on this place it was an oil pipeline that they had cut, clear cut, um, they're going to check them and they're going to – it would be a great point, a place to stop a deer for a kill shot. Yeah. And they're not going to go out of their way on their normal travel corridor to go check it a mock scrape that's off here in the woods. Right. Put it where they're going to be passing through. They are going to check it out because deer are curious by nature. So 
Yeah, that's where that's what I found. I found a spot where they were coming through heavily. Uh, it was kind of at a T, and mm-hmm. um, there was the licking branch. And I had never really paid attention to that until last year. My buddy Mike told me he's like, "Just look. I guarantee, if you think that that's that that's what they're doing there, uh, look for a low hanging branch." And it, there it was, like five feet off the ground or four and a half feet off the ground, and uh, they were stopping right there and checking each other out. Yep, yep. It's pretty cool. Um, last question for you here, man. Um, Cable and I are going to do a couple shows together, by the way. We're, this is our whitetail show. We're going to do a show entirely on hog hunting. But this last one, my, I wanted to ask you how hogs have interfered with your whitetail hunting property in the past. So not maybe oh, not as much of a gear, a deer, uh, a, maybe not as much of a gear question, but just in general advice for anybody, what you've seen and advice for anybody to handle that. Well, it's pretty obvious when you've got, you know, a 600 pound feeder <laughs> here and you check your, your cell phone app and it's like, Oh no, there's hogs. Yeah. And the deer, they're yeah. still on your property, but they're not coming there. Yeah. So I mean, they will run deer off feeders. If deer are at the feeder and hogs come by deer, they don't want to have anything to do with the How hogs. long do you, again, I haven't hunted hogs um, and we don't have them here. How long does it take for a deer to come back to that feeder? Well, I mean, if the feeder goes off and the hogs aren't there, they'll, they'll, come, they'll back. come back. Okay. They're so they don't, they don't get scared off for like, yeah. oh, we're done with that area for a day or two. No, I have lots of pictures of like a big buck and a big boar looking at each other <laughs> or videos. And yeah. Buck always uh, is the one that gives away. Yeah. Hogs are just, they're just uh, more assertive and, and especially a lot of times the boars travel by themselves, but this like a sounder will come in of 15 or 20 hogs and deer just, you know, how skittish they are. Yeah. Right. They don't have anything to do with that. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've seen them. I, I actually believe if you have a lot of hogs on your property, there's a chance you will push the deer off your property. Um, all the more reason to hunt the hogs. Not all the deer, right. But you're going to have less activity yeah. than you would have otherwise. So um, that's why we try to bang away on the hogs with the thermals and I've never done the helicopter, but a lot of landowners, of course, it looks like fun, right? But it's, I mean, it's a viable service that people offer to like, hey, let's yeah. get the hogs off your property. Yeah. Um, what what feeder are you using on your properties? Uh, it's an all seasons, uh, 600 pound stand and fill. Feeders of man, the evolution of feeders is so great. Like you used to have to just back your truck up or you have a ladder in your truck to get in there. Cause there used to be like yeah. six, seven feet high. Um, now the technology, most of them, you just stand and fill, hence the name stand and fill. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. So awesome. Yep. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you coming on here and talking a little bit about whitetail. We're going to do another, another shock for uh, another show for hog hunting. Um, but this was awesome. I think people that are kind of getting into whitetail, especially in your area, will get a lot from it. Awesome, man. Thanks All for right. having me. Yep. Take care. Thank you, Cable Smith, for coming on the show. Make sure you follow Cable on Go Wild. He's just Cable Smith on there. And then everywhere else on all of his other social media, it's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Subscribe to the Gearbox Talk YouTube or the podcast to make sure you see the next time Cable comes back around. He's going to be talking hog hunting, and it's a really insightful show, especially for someone like me who hasn't really hog hunted before. If you want to buy any of the gear Cable mentioned, remember those links are in the show notes. And I want to thank everybody who's buying the gear and doing it through those links because we're getting a commission out of that. And not only are you helping support Go Wild, helping support Gearbox Talk, you're also helping support Raise Them Outdoors. We're going to donate a portion of our proceeds back into that camp, which helps teach kids to shoot, to hunt, 
fish, camp. It's awesome. And you get to be a part of that. So thank you to everyone that's supporting the show and buying through the links. Remember, if you have whitetail questions, something we didn't talk about, drop those in the comments. And the next time I have somebody come on to talk about whitetail, I'll ask your question. That's it for me today, though. I'm out. <laughs>